Let's lift our hands before a holy God and say, God, you love us so much. Hallelujah. That you died for our sins. We were let lost. We were yet outcast. But he brought us in. And we are living by faith. Hallelujah. For by faith, by by grace, are we saved through faith. Ah, God, that our own righteousness couldn't have done it, but it was the righteousness of God. We thank God for his love for us. We thank God for his mercy towards us. Let's look unto the Lord today. We're here to pray. We want to welcome you to Christ in the church, where Christ is our central focus. I'm so excited to be in God's house. I'm so God excited to be here on another Sunday morning to see the beautiful people of God. There's no other place I'd rather be amongst God's people. For that's where the place where we find relief, uh, redemption, we find purpose, we find power, we find healing, we find deliverance, we find any such thing you need. We find salvation. And there's no other place where you should be. No other place of safety, no other place of refuge, but the house of the living God, where people with those of like precious faith can come and connect together and believing that when we assemble together we are doing what the word of God says as such as some of the matter because he's coming again and he wants to come back for a church not you but for the church we're not having spot or income or any such thing let's pray to God let's keep these persons in prayer we have our families that are yet not doing well in terms of in body but those who have left we pray for the Haskers who are away we pray for those who are not 100%. Of course, we know the seasons have changed. And those who are feeling a, a little bit of touch of sickness, touch of uh, flu, whatever it is. But we believe the healing power of Jesus Christ. Once they come into the atmosphere of God's people, God will touch them. Bless those who are uh, also dealing, who are recovering from surgery. That are our brother Hassan. God bless him. Pray for those who are needing. If you need a special prayer, just lift your hands towards the Lord. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's pray to God today. Touch the man of God. Touch his wife. Touch the church. Touch our pastor and his wife today. Let's pray to the Lord. Father, we give you thanks this morning, another morning, that God, you allowed us to be here. Lord, we give you thanks again because your word says that you were wounded for our transgressions, that you were bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with your stripes we are healed. And we are speaking healing. We're speaking breakthrough. We're speaking deliverance. We're speaking the word of faith. Nice in our mouth, the word even now. The word of faith that we speak the word. We declare that God, that your people be set free. We declare your people be healed from every illness and every, oh God, condition. We pray that the name of Jesus, if it is exalted amongst you, you shall yet do wonders and miracles and signs will follow. We pray for the salvation of those who are yet not saved. We pray for their hearts to be mended, hearts to be pliable, so that the word of God can be sown, the word of seed can be sown into their spirit, that they will respond to the message of the gospel preached, that they will put on Jesus' name in baptism. They will receive the filling of the Holy Ghost. We pray for deliverance. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our family members. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are here and who are not here. We're praying a blessing, Lord God, from where we where we are seated right now. We touch and agree, believing that, God, your word cannot return void. We believe your word to be true. Let us lift our hands in holy adoration to the Lord. 
upon the word. We pray a blessing upon the family of those who are yet come from far. We pray a personal blessing with the devils right now. We pray for, oh God, Pastor Dibble and, and Sister Dibble right now. We pray that you anoint them, continue to prosper them. We pray for their church in Connecticut. We pray that God will bless their family, bless their lineage, and continue to work a miracle in their life. In Jesus' name. And we pray it was good to be here. Let us put our hands together. Let us worship the Lord. Let us give him honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Let the church shout hallelujah.
this life is over, I'm gonna live again. Gonna trade this cross for a crown. No, this is not the end. When you call my name, I will take my rest. There's a mansion in glory, and you're gonna meet me there. I shall not. I shall not want. He will wipe every tear from my eyes. I shall not want. I shall not want. Come on, church. Come on, come on. I shall not want. I'll be home in his presence forever. I shall not. For the Lord is my shepherd in the valley. For the Lord is my shepherd when I'm lacking. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. That everything that I've 
Jesus. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone in the house of God. So glad to have our friends and family, everyone that here today to worship the Lord with us. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning also. Amen. And we pray that whatever we do today, let it be for the Lord. Can we just set aside and we get so caught up and so carried away with our day-to-day living that sometimes it's all for us to set a few minutes aside just for the Lord. Don't forget, He's the one that created us. He's the one that brought us into the world. And when He's ready, He's going to take us out. And if we just take a few minutes just to let the Lord know how much we love Him. How much we appreciate Him. And you know the problem in our world today, not so many of us are taking the time out to let the Lord know how much we love Him and how much we appreciate Him and thank Him for all the things that He has done for us. He's our provider. He's our keeper. He's the one that wakes us up in the morning. He's the one that puts us to sleep. Believe it or not, regardless of whatever medication you take to go to sleep, if it's not your time to go to sleep, you won't go to sleep. Oh, my God. Think about that for a second. Amen. Well, we're so glad to be in the house of God one more time. And we welcome everyone this morning that are here to worship the Lord with us. We're going to ask our guest that is there this morning for the first, the second, and the third time. If you could just stand for us so that we can recognize you this morning. Our guest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Remain, remain standing, remain standing, amen. All our guests that is there this morning, we're so honored that you take the time to be with us this morning to worship the Lord. And we pray that before the services conclude today, amen, that whatever your needs are this morning, the Lord will meet your needs this morning. Amen. God brought you here for a reason. You know, in fact, I was there this morning and testing the water over there, and I was telling Brother Kellerman the water is just right. It's not cold, Brother Deborah. It's just right. It's not hot, but it's just right. You may be seated. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. So glad to have everyone and all of you here this morning to worship. If there is anything that we can do with your walk with Christ, please don't hesitate to let us know. We're here for you. We're here to make sure we direct you, help you, and make sure you know the law for yourself and you find the Lord. Amen. Just by the way, a couple of quick announcements, which we already had um, our announcement earlier in part of the service. But um, for our altar care ministry, um, Sister Jones would like to have a meeting right after service to my left, your right, right in the back corner there. So for all the altar care workers, if you can just spare just a couple minutes, a few minutes, you want to talk to you all. So just uh, just right in the back there if you can. And um, as um, um, November 25th, the rescue mission, as Brother Calvin had made mention, there will be a few people in the foyer. In fact, it's going to be Sister White, Brother Calvin, Sister Karen. I think there was one other person. Um, they're looking volunteers, or if, if you're not available, you can uh, be a blessing uh, monetary-wise, you know, they would also accept that. So make sure you see uh, Brother Calvin or Sister White. Give them your name if you're able to be a volunteer for the rescue mission that we have coming up. Um, and, uh, I think it's Mar- uh, November 25th, amen, from 4.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. So... Be a blessing, amen, and continue to be a blessing in the house of God. Hallelujah. At this time, it's offering time. Come on, that's a little weak. It's offering time. Listen, 
the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I'm going to admonish all of us this morning. Be a cheerful giver this morning. If you, let me, let me try to break it down this way. If this week the Lord bless you with a thousand dollars, nothing wrong to give the Lord 10% of that, which is a hundred dollars, plus a little extra. If that's what you're hearing this week and you want to be a blessing to the Lord, be a blessing. You'll be surprised that by you making that extra step to give just a little extra in your giving, the Lord will bless you beyond all measure. So we're encouraging you to be a cheerful giver. Be a good giver. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. We're going to invite you all to stand one more time as we get here. Don't forget, if you're paying electronic, it's going to be in the back. Amen. We have, we'll have two persons out here to help you with electronic payment. We have our offering basket up here. You can feel free to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. We're going to pray. Amen. As the praise and worship come back up and minister us in song. Father God, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your mercies and your love. We thank you, Lord God, for what we already felt in the service, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll keep us, Lord God, that your hands will be upon us. Lord God, we ask you for wisdom and for direction. As we're about to receive this morning, offering me actual blessing upon every giver, Lord God. Help them, Lord God, to give beyond all measure, Lord God. Give, Lord God, like never before, Lord. We actually continue to bless this facility. Oh God, bless our guest speakers. Oh God, this morning, Brother Deborah, I pray your hands will be up on them this morning as they minister, Lord God. I pray now actually to bless every person. Our online congregation, help us, Lord God, to give unto you, for you are the one that giveth life, oh God. And we thank you for being so good to us. Have your way, Lord God, as we come in the remaining portion of the service in the hand. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. Let's remain standing as we just worship the Lord one more time and get out the way.
think of all you've done and all the battles you brought me over. Hallelujah. Everybody testify in the room. See how he never, how he never
just their family and answer the call and look what God has done. Look at what he's continuing to do. Uh, I was thinking about what I was going to say. I, I really don't have a lot to say because I, I, mean, I say it all the time, but I, I, I know I can, they claim me as their son, right? It's not blood, but they, but they claim me as their son. And the closest thing, I've seen how they live their life and the, the sacrifice. And it is authentic. It is real. I'm not here to talk or downplay any other men or women of God in our movement or that, that preach or pastor. But you know they're doing the right thing. They're living the right way. And it is it's living proof with what's going on. God his hand on their life and we need to continue to encourage and stand behind the vision that these 
these two individuals have. I mean, um, last thing I'll really say is I, 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 there's one thing, pastor comes up here a lot and he talks about where the church is going, what God is doing in the Northeast. And it's one thing to just listen and agree and say amen and know that's what he's saying. There's another thing to actually see it, to actually be right behind the vision that God has given and see it. I see the walls being broken down already. I already see us being able to change tennis court to Christ-centered way. I, I see it. And it's one thing to just be a part and know what's going on, but you, you feel that little extra motivation and inspiration. You, you, you're a little bit more committed when you actually can see and feel and know and believe that this is the truth about what they're preaching here on stage. So um, I don't know what you had planned today, but you don't have to preach today. Um, you can take the day off. Um, but you can take the mic and uh, just acknowledge the congregation, and then you can introduce the man and woman of God that took you guys' job for the day. God bless you guys. Can you tell that's my son? Only sons act like that, right? Uh, he comes to my house, his coffee is made, he goes and gets his own food. placing a basket here at the front really quick. Pastor doesn't like to do this so I should have did it before I gave him the mic but if you feel led, if you want to bless these two individuals, they don't ask for anything he talks about all the time he still is working a full time job uh, his wife is still working but if you want to be a blessing um, and bless the man and woman of God there's a basket here up front you can uh, see one of the ushers you can come up to the front and, and just This morning, I've got a special guest, and so I'm grateful to have my special guest. Um, Brother Anthony, will you stand one more time? His daughter put her head down. This is my special guest, everybody. Anthony. Y'all keep this man in prayer, this man of God in prayer, you know what I mean. God has brought him a long way. And I believe today is the beginning 
of a journey that God wants to continue in your life. I do. He's going to continue the journey. He just waited the right time to put you in the right place to continue the journey he had started in your life a long time ago. And so I want you to trust him. I want you to give me a chance to just work with you so you can see what God wants to do in your life because he wants to do something in your life. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And Sister Vanessa, you have been faithful. And because you have been faithful, your sons have been coming. Sons, God's got great plans for you. Trust him. You cannot live a better life without Christ. I tell my siblings all the time and friends that knew me before Christ. And every time they tell me, man, you look good and things are great. I always say to them, it's because of Jesus. And sometimes they don't want to believe it because they, got, they think it's something else. And I can't give you another answer because only one answer. I'm standing here in the life that I live every day. It's because of Jesus. And if he did it for me, because he's no respect of person, he doesn't treat anyone any better than the next one. He loves us all. And so if you will trust him, he is going to do fantastic things in your life. And you will see some things that you didn't think you would see, but you will see if you just trust him. We thank God for you being here and your mom being here. Mom got baptized couple of, well, it's a couple months ago. <laughs> we just gave her a certificate. I don't know. We didn't give you a certificate, did we? Hallelujah. Let me see here. Ooh. Ooh. No wonder you all brought this up to me. You all in trouble a little bit. Sister Vanessa, I want you to come. September the 11th of 2023, Vanessa Stallworth was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Take a good picture of my sister. See that, sons? Your mom is leading the trail. She's been a good mom to you. Don't give up on her now. Don't stop following her now that she's following Christ. You've followed her a long way. Keep following your mom. She's serious about the Lord. Where is Sister? I know I've seen her. I saw her this morning earlier. Uh, Sister Janelle. She's still here. Okay. All right, well, I'll give her this later. This is her dedication certificate for her uh, daughter. Hallelujah. All right, well, somebody say it's time for the preaching. Again, I thank you all so much for being an outstanding church. God's got great things for us to do. God's got great things for us to do. And remember what I've always told you. If you like the church where you can just come in and just come to church and just hear good preaching, good worship, and just go home and just chill, you're not going to like this church. And this church has great music, great singing, and great preaching. But this church will challenge you to get involved. 
because that's God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is not that you're a spectator, but that you are a participator. And so because that's God's plan for your life, I would be a hypocrite pastor or no good pastor if I didn't tell you that God has a plan for your life and he wants you to get involved and not stand on the outside looking in. So I'm always going to challenge you that way to say, come on, let's get involved. Let's get to be a part of the the plan of God and, and see where God is going to take us. We are a part of what God will use to, to just bring about his great revival in the Northeast, across the nation, around the globe. God wants to give the Northeast great revival. And if we will just bind together and let him use us, we're going to see great things. The things we ignore are the things that will come back and bite us. And a lot of times we like to stand off and say, I just can't get involved with that. The things you ignore and the things that you don't get involved with are the things that you're going to regret later, whether good or bad. And if we don't get involved, we're going to regret it because we think sometimes that when we are challenged, we will know to do the right thing at that time. It's only what you practice and what becomes a part of your life that when you are pressed hard, when you're challenged, that's when you will do it. We want to believe that because we have the head knowledge, we will know what to do under pressure. It's not how life works. What you do always when pressure comes, it will be second nature how you respond. But you have to do it all the time and not just do it some of the time. And if you do it all the time, you will experience that when things begin to press you, automatically, all that you have always done will just flow. Don't wait. Get involved. Start doing what God wants you to do. Somebody say amen. This past Friday, we had the Dibbles with us. They, we've been uh, promoting and celebrating the Dibbles coming. These are humble people. And so Brother Dibble came Friday night and ministered to us on uh, how to study the Word of God uh, and and how to teach and preach the Word of God. And it was just amazing. He used the book of Philemon to, to, he talked about how you're supposed to study, and then he showed you how you're supposed to study. So if you want to learn how to study your Bible, you can go to our online platforms, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, it's posted there, and you can go and see the video from Friday night on how you can study the Word of God effectively. You will get the teachings, and you will see the example. And so he did a masterful job of um, doing that Friday night. Saturday morning, yesterday, at 9 a.m., Sister Dibble taught us on the Christian family. Listen, you can't get any better than what she taught. Something can come up to that, but nothing goes over that. She was just phenomenal, tremendous. I mean, great. And that is posted on our YouTube platform, on our social media uh, platform. So go and listen to it slowly. You can stop it and start it. You can take down scriptures. You can go through it. We were, when we had our leadership meeting this morning, we all put our heads down and said, oof, all of us can say, boy, we could have did it a little bit better than how we've done it. And the good news is, Sister Dibble was so kind that she was so transparent to let us know she made some mistakes along the way as well. So she didn't come teaching like she's the guru and she knows everything and you all messed up and you need to get it right. That's not how she came across. She was so transparent and she, uh, where her flaws 
and let us know that she made some mistakes as well. So we've all made mistakes as parents, trying to lead our family and our children to the Lord and raise up the right family in this hour. You know it's challenging to raise family, Christian family, Christian family of faith in this kind of climate. It is so hard. But if you have the right tools, you can do it because the Lord will help us and we can make it through. So go and look at it on YouTube, Christ Center Church. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and um, go and review it, look at it, and you will enjoy it. This morning, Brother Dibble is going to minister to us. Uh, his voice has been a challenge. He's been under the weather for uh, a few weeks, I guess a week and a half or two. And um, I just love this man and respect him so much. Um, he's one of those men of God that believe that your yay must be yay and your nay must be nay. If you make a promise, you keep that promise. You fulfill that promise. And he made a promise that he would come and minister to us this weekend. And his voice, his body wasn't cooperating. And he was doing everything that he can or that he could to make sure he arrived here in Hamilton, New Jersey to minister to you. So don't take lightly when he comes and minister. This man did everything he could to make sure he didn't have to cancel. And so these are the kind of people I like to have as part of my life as well. I have all different kind of people in my life, and I want it that way. Uh, but I appreciate his friendship, his wife's friendship, um, his family. We love his family. They, they've got a great family, great family. And so um, he's here this morning to minister to us. Brother Dibble is a technician in the Word of God. If you love the Word, you're going to enjoy his preaching. If you love the Lord, you're going to enjoy his preaching. But if all you wanted to do was shout, I don't know what you're going to do. Now, if you love the Lord and you love the Word of God, you're going to shout. But if you just wanted them to hype you up, that's not this church anyway, because I don't preach like that. I don't hype you up, right? So you're not accustomed to hyping up preaching. Brother Anthony, we don't hype up preaching. We don't sing preach around. We don't do that here, Brother Anthony. When you leave here, God touched you. God spoke to you clearly. So we want Brother Dibble to come this morning. Will you stand this morning and greet the man of God as he comes to minister the word of God? Love you, my friend. Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to be back with you again this year. I don't know how many years it's been that we've been coming here. We sure have enjoyed our time getting to know all of you. And I want to echo what uh, Brother Scarlett said about your pastor. You have a great pastor. I want you to know how much. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that one more time. I don't know if the preaching is going to be good or bad today, but you come back next week and you'll get some good preaching. You have a, you have a great pastor and wife, pastor and wife that loves you, that loves this church, sacrifices and will do anything, praise God, to see you go to heaven. Amen.
Praise God. Praise God. I just want to say what a, what a joy it is to be here in your new building. I've been looking forward to being here since last year. And uh, don't, don't forget about the firehouse. There was something about the firehouse. There was an intimacy. There was a closeness. There was, you felt the presence of the Lord there. But the same God that was there is here today. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just talk to the Lord for a moment? If you just bow your heads, lift your hands, however you want to do it. Let's feel after the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we're hungry for you, Lord. We're hungry for you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We just want to feel after you today, God. Whatever you have in mind for us today, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We surrender ourselves to you today, God. Have your way in every heart, in every life, dear Jesus. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for every good thing that you're going to do today, God. Jesus, we give you praise for every soul that you're going to fill with the Holy Ghost today. We give you praise for every soul that will be baptized in your name today, Jesus. We give you praise for every soul that finds a place of repentance today, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. It's an old problem. People have been searching for things to fill the emptiness of their life since the beginning of time. There is pain. There is disappointment. There is loneliness. And there is hurting. Things have happened in life that sometimes we have no control over. And it comes to us that there has got to be something more to life than this. I want to take us on a journey today to perhaps the ultimate party that there has ever been. Belshazzar's Feast. It was held in the great city of Babylon. That day the streets were lined with banners and Flags welcoming kings from faraway countries. For you see, Belshazzar had invited the kings and 
queens, princes, princesses, and noblemen of the land. Everybody is excited. The peasants line the streets just hoping to get a glimpse of some handsome prince or a beautiful princess. It is the equivalent of one of the premier performances of a big movie. So now as excitement fills the air and streets are lined on both sides, it is now time for the party, Belshazzar's feast, to begin. Something must be said about the banquet hall. It was built upon the Euphrates and the Nile rivers, along the beautiful sunken gardens, one of the seven wonders of the world. Even today, they write about the magnificent irrigation and water fountains, and even to this day, they cannot figure out how they created this marvel. Imagine the beauty of the banquet hall as terraces and row after row of exotic flowers and exotic plants were there. That pleasant aroma that came down on the banquet hall must have been something special. The beautiful rivers with the moon shining down upon them that night was awesome. It was truly one of the greatest spectacles of all time. You see, this was the feast of all feasts. This was the party of all parties. This was Belshazzar's feast. The wine was the very best. Bring on the wine. Prepare the wine and let's drink, drink, drink. Laugh and have a good time is all that matters. The food was the best in the land. They brought in food to serve everybody so that everyone could eat to their heart's content. They had every kind of food you could desire. The entertainment was the very best that there was. The best singers, the best musicians in the land for the king always had the best. For a while, Belshazzar's feast was going smoothly, and it was the greatest party going in the land. Everything was going as planned. It was just right. The dancing and the music and the food and the drink were just right. It was a great success. These parties were judged on how successful they were by how long they went, by how long they lasted. Some parties lasted days. Some parties lasted weeks. And some even lasted months. And some lasted longer than a year. It is said that Belshazzar had enough food and preparation to last that party for 25 years. Years. He wanted it to be the best party there ever was. He wanted it to be the party of all parties. Suddenly, just as sin always does, 
it began to die down. There is joy and pleasure in sin, but it only lasts for a season. The neon lights attract us and offer excitement, but it is over all too quickly. Belshazzar's in trouble. His party's dying down. His party is fizzling out. It is going to be a flop and he will be the laughing stock of the world because this was supposed to be the mother of all parties. And everybody suddenly is partied out. So Belshazzar brings out the best of wine that he'd been saving in case something like this were to happen. And he brings out the best food to please the people. More wine, please. More food, please, to make the people happy. And he had the band strike up a tune and they began to play the number one song in the land. But something is wrong. The people are tired of his wine. They're tired of his food. And they're tired of being entertained. It was said that this was such a gluttonous feast that people would literally gag themselves and throw up on their trays just so they could continue to eat more food and drink more wine. Every immoral thing that you could think of was taking place at this party. There were drugs and there was alcohol and there was sex. The men had all the women they wanted. The women had all the men they wanted. Men had men and women had women. It was a great time of promiscuity and dancing, drunkenness and entertainment. Everything you could think of was happening at that party. But in spite of what Belshazzar does, the party is a flop and the party continues to die down. And Belshazzar is despondent. Then someone gives Belshazzar an idea. Why don't we take the golden vessels that your grandfather Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple when he captured Jerusalem. And why don't we party with them for a while? Belshazzar doesn't have to think for very long. He doesn't have to take too long to make this decision. His party is a flop and he must do something or else he will be a failure and the object of ridicule. And so quickly he sends someone to retrieve the golden vessels. The golden goblets from the temple that had been sanctified to the Lord God Almighty. The holy vessels that were used in the temple when it says that the priest and the ministers could not stand to minister because the glory of the Lord was so strong. Word begins to spread around the banquet hall. They're going after the golden vessels. We're going to use the golden vessels to party with. Excitement fills the air once again and the party comes back to life. Everyone waits with anticipation. Quiet, 
quiet, everyone. I've brought you all here to party, and we've had a good time. But now we're getting ready to party like we've never partied before. We're getting ready to use the golden vessels from the Jews' temple. Let's drink to the gods of gold and silver. Let's drink to the gods of brass and iron and wood and stone. And so they did that. They drank from the golden vessels that had been sanctified to the Lord. And they drank and they praised the gods of gold and silver and of brass. Let me pause here from this story and remind you and remind myself that we had better not take the things of God lightly. We all no doubt have some things in our life that we consider to be holy and sacred. We all have some things in our life that we have removed from our lifestyle because God convicted us of them. You better not fool around with those things. You better not let such things back into your life again after God has delivered you. Those are holy things. Those are sanctified things. And we better get our hands off of those things if we want to remain sanctified unto God. We better leave our oneness message alone. We better not fool with repentance. When those hot tears begin to stream down your face as you're under the conviction of Almighty God and He begins to deal with your heart. We better not fool with baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We better not fool with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We better not fool with holiness and separation from the world and the rapture of the church. These are the things that have brought us to where we are today. They are sanctified unto God. We would be fools to try to change them now. So the party was going strong once again. Wine was flowing. They were dancing. The beat was pumping. The music was loud. The food was being devoured. There was pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. But all of the sudden, something strange began to happen. An arm appeared on the side of the banquet hall. An arm without a body. And that arm began to write some words on the wall of the side of the banquet hall. Belshazzar's troubled because he doesn't understand what's going on. Belshazzar's countenance changes and his knees begin to knock one against the other. And so he calls with a loud voice for his wise men, the astrologers and the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. And he lines them up in front of the writing on the wall. And he says, whoever can tell me what this writing says, this is what I will do for you. I will uh, clothe you in fine scarlet. I will put a chain of gold around your neck and you will be the third ruler of all of my kingdom. The astrologers look at the writing 
and couldn't figure it out. They said, oh, king, we've interpreted things in the stars for you in the past, but we know nothing of this writing. The Chaldeans looked at the writing and didn't know what it meant. They told the king that they had in time past been able to help them, but him, but this writing was beyond them. The soothsayers looked at the writing, but they were unable to understand it. They said, O king, we've held our soothsayings and seances in the past, and we've told you what your dreams meant, but, O king, we've never seen anything like this handwriting on the wall. Can I tell you, the world cannot understand the ways of God. The world does not understand why we do some of the things that we do. The world doesn't understand why we come in on a Sunday morning and we begin to clap our hands and throw our hands in the air and jump up to our feet and we begin to praise our great God. But we know that we have been redeemed. We know that His blood has covered us. We know that without Him we would be lost. This is the best life you could ever live. Without Him we would be nothing. We know how good God has been to us. And we know that we have hope not only in this life but in the life to come. So the king really begins to tremble now. His countenance changed. His thoughts troubled him. The joints of his loins were loose, the scripture says, and his knees smote one against the other. And then the queen mother appears from out of the shadows and tells him of a man in his kingdom that was not at this particular party. His name is Daniel. They say the gods favor him. They say he can interpret dreams and hard sayings. They say he has an excellent spirit and there is wisdom and light and understanding to be found in him. And Belshazzar says, let's quickly bring him over here so he can tell us what has interrupted my party. Daniel, who's been in the lion's den. Daniel, who has opened his window three times every day and prayed toward the city of Jerusalem. Daniel, who was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar to be a slave and brought to Babylon. But he was not a slave. He was the prophet of God. They bring Daniel in. The king introduces himself. So you're Daniel. I've heard of you, Daniel. 
They say you can interpret dreams, Daniel. They say the Spirit of the gods is in you, Daniel. And you have wisdom and understanding in hard sentences and dissolving of doubts. Daniel, my astrologers and Chaldeans and soothsayers have not been able to read this handwriting on the wall. If you can read it, I'll make you the third ruler of my kingdom. I'll clothe you in scarlet. I'll put a chain around your neck. Daniel looks back at the king and says, you can't buy the man of God. He says, you keep your gifts or you give them to someone else. But I will tell you what the writing says. He said, but first, let me tell you this. Your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, was given a kingdom by God. And majesty and glory and honor. All of the nations of the world feared and trembled him and trembled before him. He killed who he wanted to. He spared who he wanted to. The hand of the Lord was upon your grandfather until he allowed pride to get in his heart and he was lifted up in his own eyes and God chased him from the walls of the palace and drove him into the wilderness to live like a wild beast. He lost his mind. He ate the grass of the field. He lost his senses. He became like a wild beast for seven years. He was out in that field. His fingernails grew long. He had feathers like an eagle. But something began to happen to Nebuchadnezzar out in that field. He began to repent and humble himself before God. And he once again found favor in the eyes of God. But you, Belshazzar, you've not humbled yourself before God. Though you lived in these palace walls and you knew all of of this you did what was pleasing to you it is because of this that God has written on the wall of the banquet hall because you have taken the things of God that were holy and made light of them you have drunk from the holy vessels of the temple and you've lifted yourself up against the God of heaven but Daniel what does the writing mean O king Here's what it means. Meaning, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Your reign is just about to end. The kingdom that you love is just about to end. And suddenly, he begins to tremble. What could be worse than my kingdom is over? He loved it so much. He was supposed to be in a city that no army could topple the mighty city of Babylon. What could be worse than that? Tekel means thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. In the eyes of the people... He was doing fine, but now he was being weighed in the balances of God. In his own eyes, he was great, but in the eyes of God, he was found wanting. Euphorison means your kingdom is divided between the Medes and the Persians. 
And while he spoke, the Medes and the Persians were underground that great river and were digging a tunnel. They moved in around those sunken gardens and the exotic flowers. They surrounded his banquet hall. And at night, they killed Belshazzar and destroyed the kingdom. It was such a solidified city. It was not supposed to be taken, but they took the things of God lightly. And God brought judgment upon them. Now I come to America. And now I come to you and I today. After a story that I have laid out to you from God's word. And I ask you the question. What would you do if suddenly a hand began to write on the wall of the church this morning? What would you do if a hand began to write on the wall of your heart Today, you would run to this altar in repentance and begin to pour your heart out before God. But just as sure as the handwriting was on the wall of Belshazzar's banquet hall, the handwriting is on the wall of the church today. Could it be that our days are numbered? Could it be written that some people here today are being weighed in the balance of God? Could it be written that we are going to be judged by God because there was a time in the past when we were living for God in a greater measure than what we're living for Him right now? Could it be said that there are some things that have slipped in to our lives that have taken away the glory of God and we're not making him number one in our life any longer. There are some things that have taken his place. It used to be that church was our life but now we serve another and if I can fit him in then I'll show up for service but if I can't fit him in it's okay. The handwriting is on the wall for the church today. The handwriting is on the wall for the backslider. The handwriting is on the wall for the cold and the indifferent. The handwriting is on the wall for the lukewarm. The handwriting is on the wall for the saint of God. The Bible says you can be sure The Lord's about to come soon when there is an increase in traffic. The Bible says that they shall go to and fro in all the land. We're traveling more than we ever have. The handwriting is on the wall. The coming of the Lord is near when you read the Bible says of wars and rumors of wars. 
The Bible says nation shall rise up against nation and people against people. And while it is being reported that we have peace, the fact of the matter is there is so much war going on around the world that hardly no country is unaffected. The Bible says when you see that begin to happen, you can be sure the handwriting is on the wall. You can be sure the handwriting is on the wall when there are famines in the land. The handwriting is on the wall when there is pestilence in the land. The handwriting is on the wall when disease spreads across the land. The handwriting is on the wall. You can be sure the handwriting is on the wall when you see earthquakes happening around the world. Thousands on top of thousands of people have died because of earthquakes recently. Just a few weeks ago, an earthquake struck Morocco and over 2,000 are dead. As a result, the handwriting is on the wall. The Bible says you can be sure that the Lord is about to come when there will be lawlessness in the land. Race against race. People against people. Violence and injustice occurring every day. The handwriting is on the wall. The Bible says you can be sure the coming of the Lord is soon when the love of many shall wax cold and people will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. It will carry over into the church and people will begin to do what is right in their own eyes. They won't have time for church. They won't have time to gather together. They'll be lovers of pleasure more than love. Of God. But let me preach to you, precious people, this morning and warn you that we need to look at the handwriting on the wall and wake up as a church. You need to be in church every opportunity you get. You better find yourself in the house of God if you want to be saved. There's a handwriting on the wall. There's a handwriting on the wall today, and it says, run from sin. (coughs) Sin is a deceiver. Sin is a fake. Sin is a masquerader. Sin is a cheat. Sin is an imposter. Sin is a liar. The saying of the world is, if it feels good, do it. But it doesn't tell you how long it feels good for. Because when it stops feeling good, you're going to pay for it. The handwriting is on the wall. The saying of the world is, follow your heart. But it doesn't tell you that your own heart will deceive you. It doesn't tell you that your own heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. The handwriting is on the wall. 
The great battleground of America today is not with the Democrats and the Republicans, but it is what is sin. How do you define sin? People love sin. They love to talk about it. They love to rationalize it. They love to dissect it. They love to try to make it right. But people will never turn from sin and never turn from wrong until we begin to call what is wrong, wrong. Until we begin to call sin what it is, sin. Parents, we've been talking about the Christian family. I hope this is all right. If it's not all right, just come up and grab the mic. We've been talking about the Christian family. Parents, your children and your young people won't live right if you're not living right. They won't do right if you don't show them the way. They won't turn from wrong until you tell them what's wrong. In this world, there is no more sin. There are only substitutes for sin. If someone is an alcoholic, they've got a disease. If someone is a drug addict, they've got a chemical imbalance. If, if someone's living a promiscuous life, it comes from some other problem in their past and they weren't treated right. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is sin. You can dress it up all you want to. You can make it look good. You can get it to be smelling nice. But sin is still sin. You say, preacher, why do you preach so strong against sin? Because there's an adversary. Seeking to devour your soul. He didn't make it into this building today. But I guarantee you, as soon as you walk through the doors of this sanctuary, there's a devil that is waiting to pounce on you. The scripture depicts him as a lion ready to pounce on his prey to devour him. There is an adversary that wants to not just cripple you, but wants to devour your soul. There's a roaring lion going to and fro across this earth trying to kill you, trying to do you harm. Why do I preach so hard against sin? Because there's a devil's hell where the flames are hot and the suffering is forever. And there's nothing in this world that should get in your way to make you want to go there. And there's nothing that I won't do or say. There's nothing your pastor and pastor's wife won't do or say to keep you out of there. As long as Hollywood paints sin bright, I'm going to paint sin black. 
As long as Satan shows you the entrance to sin, I'm going to show you how to exit sin. As long as Satan shows you the living room, I'm going to show you the closet. As long as Satan shows you the front yard, I'm going to show you the backyard. As long as Satan shows you the introduction to sin, I'm going to show you the conclusion to sin. As long as Satan shows you sin on the first day, I'm going to show you sin on the last day. As long as Satan shows you the first sip of the drink, I'm going to show you the alcoholic lying in his own vomit. As long as Satan shows you the marijuana joint or the crack pipe, I'm going to show you the chemical dependency center. I'm going to show you the man that can't break the habit, destroying his family, destroying his finances, destroying his life. I'm going to paint it black if Satan paints it white. As long as Satan shows sin with a bright future, I'm going to show you sin with a dead end. As long as Satan shows sin at noontime, I'm going to show it at midnight. I'm going to show you that the end of sin is worse than the beginning of sin. The Bible says it bites like a serpent and it stings like an adder. I'm telling you young people, I'm telling you adults, that you're playing around with fire. It'll destroy you. If no one else will tell you, this preacher will tell you, stay away from sin. It will destroy you. It will damn your soul to hell. In this church, we don't drink. The Bible says all drunkards shall have their place in the lake of fire. In the church, we don't live immoral lives. When you commit fornication or adultery, you sin against God and you sin against your own body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Every young lady that marries from the church should be a virgin. Every young man from the church that marries should be a virgin. You can't take the things of God lightly. In the church, we don't mess around with pornography. It'll destroy your soul. It'll eat you up. It's like a cancer that gets into your life and gets into your soul. It'll get a hold of you until it controls you. If you're fooling around with pornography, get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Get off the internet sites that show that garbage and consecrate your life to God. There needs to be a revival hit this place today. Until every family cries out, the handwriting is on the wall. Oh, God, I want to see my family saved. Some young person needs to stand up and scream at the devil today. You're not going to get my soul. Some father needs to stand up and scream at the devil. You're not going to get my family. 
as a father, I want my family to know that they need to run from sin. I want them to know that there are some things as a Christian that we don't mess with. I want them to know that it's not okay to look like the world and act like the world, but they're to be separated unto God and holy. I want them to know that hell is hot. I want them to know that hell lasts forever. And I want them to know that sin will put you there. And if I'm doing something my pastor preached and taught against, I'm setting a terrible example for my children. Never talked about this before. The night before my father passed away, December 10th, 2019, I spent the night in hospice with my dad. He was a tremendous man, tremendous preacher, tremendous man of God. As he lay there in that hospice bed, he, he kept trying to pull all the wires they had him hooked up to, the IVs, the catheter. He's just trying to pull everything out. The hospice nurse came to me and said, I've only seen this one other time in all my years as a hospice nurse. They said, we've given him so many so much morphine we've pumped him full of so so many drugs he should it should have knocked an elephant out but he was fighting 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 i really wasn't looking forward to the night all night having to watch over my dad brother wyatt knows he was a prankster a little bit and so even in his almost comatose state he couldn't talk or anything fake like he was going to put his hands down and as soon as you turn your head he would lift his hands and they had to put socks on his on his hands just to try to keep everything together and finally that night late into the night I grabbed my dad's hands I said dad I love you you're not going to be here much longer. I want you to know how much I love you. I said, Dad, you sacrificed everything to give us the gospel message. My dad came up in the church when it wasn't a popular thing to be a Pentecostal. He came up in the church when they would throw lanterns in through the window create fires in the sanctuary and run away laughing. My mom and dad sacrificed so much to give us what we had. I said, Dad, I just want to thank you for showing us how to love God. 
I want to thank you. And I said, Dad, you can rest easy because I will never put down this gospel message that you have given to me. I will never stop preaching this truth. I will never stop telling people that you must repent of your sin. You must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues if you want to rise to meet the Lord in the air one day. Dad, you can rest easy. Ninety years old, you fought a good fight, Dad. And I'm telling you, we will never let this gospel message down. As God is my witness, from that moment on, his hands went down. And he was peaceful and didn't move until he passed away. Fast forward a couple of years. 2023, it's July 4th, just a few months ago. I was out mowing the lawn. And the Lord brought back that story to my mind. And it started to rain a little bit. And as the Lord brought that story back to my mind, He showed me what happened that day. And I began to weep. As I'm out mowing the lawn. And it was raining, so I said, let me just keep mowing. And people won't know what's going on. I'm out there mowing my lawn, just weeping. The Lord told me what I needed to do. And so I put the lawn mower away. And I got on the phone. And I called my son, my oldest son, Blake, and, and his family. And I said, Blake, you need to get here to the house. I know you probably have plans for today. But you need to get here as soon as you can get here. The Lord showed me some things that I need to tell my family. My two other boys were home from college, and so they were there. I got my daughter on the phone and her husband, and I said, I just, I know you got plans, but if you'll just give me a little bit of your time and FaceTime in with us, I've got a message I've got to give to my family. So as soon as everybody gathered together, I pulled them in close. We prayed a little bit, and I started to talk. I said, I want you to forgive me. This is the last time I'm ever going to ask you to forgive me. I was a hard man. I was a hard dad when you were growing up. But I'm not really sorry for it because it put you in the position you're in today. I kept you back from some things. I didn't allow certain influences to get into your life that other children were exposed to. I kept you. I shielded you from some things. And I don't know if I did it right or wrong, but I'm sorry if I did it wrong. That's the last time I'm ever going to say that. I pulled my kids in close. I began to talk to him. I said, I don't ever want to stand in front of thousands of people and preach to thousands some special word that God has given me if I don't first share it with my children. 
And so I'm going to be calling you. I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to write an email. I'm going to send you a text message. I said, I don't ever want to be. Everybody remember, remember Lot. When he goes into his family. Hey, the city's about to burn up. We got to get out of here. What, is this, what did his children say? Dad's fooling around. He's pulling a prank on us. They thought he was just joking. I don't ever want my kids, when I pull them in close and give them a message from God, to say, where were you all the other times? How come you haven't been doing this before now? I want them to, to know what it feels like when hot tears run down their face as they find a place in an altar and pour their heart out before God. So I begin to talk to them and the tears begin to flow. And I could hear my daughter. She had, there were other people in the car with her. They started bawling and crying. And we had a big old prayer meeting right there on July 4th in my living room. You see, there's nothing more important than my family. If anybody's going to be saved, I'm going to reach for my family. Now just think what your pastor feels. He's got his family. He's got his children that he's concerned about. But on top of that, he feels responsibility. He feels concern for your soul. He watches you week after week as you sit there stone-faced, unmoved, unchanged. He preaches his heart out and it's just as easy for you to get up and, well, I guess that's it. Let me go on about my business. And after service is over, he finds that place of prayer. Oh, I wasn't able to reach him today. Give me one more chance. Give me one more opportunity to reach for them. Bring them back one more time. So it's a party. time. Got to go back to school. Got to be cool. Got to get in with the in crowd. Take a little drink. Smoke a joint. Tell a dirty joke. Look like everybody else. Everybody else is doing it, aren't they? All of a sudden, you see the handwriting on the wall as it begins to write on the side of the wall. happened. Everything was going good. It was party time. Everything was going fine. How did I end up here? I told myself I would never do this. It would never get this far. I was only going to go this far. How did I end up over here? But it was party time. When that season of sin is over, the wages of sin 
is still death. And then you have to pick up lives. And a young lady says, I'm pregnant. And a young man says, I'm diseased. And a young person says, I'm bound by pornography. Someone else says, I'm an alcoholic and I can't break the habit. I'm bound by drugs and I can't break its hold on my life. The devil doesn't show you that. He only shows you party time. He doesn't show you when you come down off that high and you go into a depression and you're driven to get more drugs. He only shows you party time. Everybody's having a good time. Sin always promises to be with you to the end. It starts out the journey with you, but you always have to walk the last few miles of the death journey all by yourself. The wages of sin is death. And there's a second death, which is the lake of fire, where people will burn forever. But I stand before you this morning, as long as I have a voice, as long as God will anoint me to preach, never going to allow you to walk to hell by yourself. Your pastor, he's not going to allow you to walk to hell by yourself. He's going to walk with you. He's going to walk right by your side. He's going to scream at you. He's going to preach the word God lays upon his heart. Let me tell you, you can't make it without a pastor. He's not going to go in through the gates with you if you're determined to go that far. But he'll walk right up to that gate and he'll say, no, don't go that way. You ought to be thankful for a man of God in your life. These altars are open today. I'm sorry if I messed things up this morning. These altars are open today. Somebody, some mom, some dad, find your kid and bring them down to the altar with you. Find a place before God and pour your heart out before the Lord. There's somebody in this house today that needs God back in your life. There's somebody here today that you want to see your family saved. There's someone who needs to make a new commitment to God today. There's someone today that's maybe tired of the party life of this world. And you want to be saved today. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place today.
some of us that's been in church for a long time. We always can point to those services that we say, I'll never be the same again. This should be one of those church services for you to say, I'll never be the same again. God loves us that much. Our world teaches us so many things that are contrary to God. And God loves us so much that he preached to us exactly what we needed. Not what we liked, but what we needed. And we ought to thank God this morning just for being so good to us. Why don't you lift your hands and just say, Jesus, I thank you so much for loving me. You're trying to keep us from going astray and walking into hell. You're ministering to our hearts and our minds and telling us, Lord, how to save ourselves from this untoward generation. I pray today that every one of us under the sound of the voice of the men of God will take heed to the words that we've heard today and that these words will not escape us. But God, that we will hold on to them. We will allow them to take root in our hearts. That they will grow and produce good fruit. Jesus. Jesus. We humble ourselves before you. Church, we're all human. We don't need to put on and act like we've got it all together. We all need Jesus. We cannot make it without Him. We all need His Word to go into our hearts. And we must obey His Word and apply His Word if we're going to make it into eternity with Him. Hell is real. The devil is real. Sin is real. Don't be overwhelmed with what you've heard here today because sometimes it's just it's so much that you're hearing and you're saying yeah I need to work on that yeah I need to work on that yeah I need to work on that start working on one thing the most significant thing that you've heard today because as you hear the word of God you know as we like to say it hit different and what hit different today hold on to that you always have the word to go back, go on social media, you can go back and listen to it. But the thing that hit different today, start working on that. Don't let the devil trick you and make you think, how am I going to get all of this together? One thing at a time. We can't get it all together all at once. So just pick out that thing that hit different today. And say, i got to start working on that. Because all of us receive something that hit different. That hit different. I've got to hold on to that. Don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. The man of God already told you. He's right out there waiting for you. Sitting in your car. But we need to tell him, devil, God has helped me today. God has given me a word and I'm holding on to that word. And I'll say this one last thing. And when you slip up, because you feel determined right now, but when you slip up, don't let it take you down a spiral 
out of control. Just say, I just slipped up, and I'm going to repent right there and get it together, and I'm not going to just ignore it like I didn't just slip up. I just slip up. I'm going to repent of my sins and get back on track. Don't let it keep happening and ignore it, and you're just spiraling downward. One thing at a time. And when you mess up along the way, repent of your sins and keep on doing the one thing that you started working on. As you start getting the victory and that one thing starting to just, you starting to be encouraged and strengthened from it, then you can go to number two. You got it? Thank you for being here today. Thank you for opening your heart. Because I told you many times, when we come to come into the house of the Lord, we hear the word and we walk out and we never allow it to affect us. And sometimes we sit around and we are waiting to be moved emotionally. We want to feel good. But I think that you just received the very best that the Lord had for you. And however that stirs your emotion, it doesn't matter. Just as long as you know you just heard truth. And you must obey that truth. Apply that truth in your life that your life can be changed. You want me to pray again? I just prayed. You didn't see me pray, did you? You didn't? All right, since you have the baby, you look good with the baby. I'll pray again. She looked good with the baby. Can you pray for Can you stretch your hands toward this baby and just ask God to continue to touch her body and give her health and strength that she will grow up and be a true instrument of God? Father, in the name of Jesus, you gave her to us. And we're confident you will continue to keep her. Lord, we pray for healing to flow in her body that by your strike she will be whole, she will be strengthened. We command every disease to be eradicated and for wholeness and healing to flow by your miraculous power and touch. Let it be so, Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name. Church, I love you. Thank you for all your kindness toward me and my wife and my family. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the kingdom. Let's continue to bind together. This is your home. This is where God has called you for us to be together. Brother Jackson, we appreciate you and your boys and your faithfulness. Thank you. Whatever we can do for you, just let us know. We're here for you. And to all of you today, we're just so grateful that you're a part of this church. Um, I'm, I'm very reluctant to tell you they have food next door. You know, we talked about that we were doing a building fund and we're going to make some food and we're going to sell it and we might have oversold. So go next door and just tread lightly. <laughs> tread lightly. Just ask questions. Don't go with anticipation that you're going to get some food. And if you don't get any, tell somebody to share with you. We're Christians, brothers and sisters. Altar care workers in the back toward the, the green chairs. We love you. Listen, remember, I know, um, well, Sister Dibble is not sick. Her husband is sick. Ladies, mothers, you need to get anything else from Sister Dibble before she go. Don't bombard her. Don't bum rush her. But she is a gem, and she's got plenty to offer you. So say hello to her. Say hello to her husband. Be a blessing to them. 
and just let them know how much we appreciate them. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.